Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. I'm uh, your host, Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. My sidekick, as always, is Greg Graber, educator and mindfulness guru. This is episode 22. We are thrilled, Greg, to be back after a long hiatus due to our travels. We have a scotch ale here. Cheers. Plaid attack. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good. It's been a month. It has it has been like a month ish. People are our two listeners are asking me if we're <laughs> gonna continue. <laughs> so definitely. Yeah, where where are these guys? We have we yeah. haven't heard from them in a while. Yeah, well well we're back. Um we'll tell you everything that's going on in our lives, and boy, there has been a lot for both of us. We've got grievances, mindful moment, uh, some recommendations, and um, so, so settle in. I hope you're in a comfy chair right now because I think we might be here for a while. So um, I'm going to let you lead off, Greg, because you have had the long, 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 longed for purchase of a new house. The photo, I, I said it's stately Wayne Manor from Batman in, in the 60s. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. What was the move in like? One of our handymen said... Well, not my handyman. I don't own it. Works <laughs> don't go that way. He, uh, he, he was like, this is like a Harry Potter house. So we had it under contract for, as you know, eight months. Mm-hmm. So our real estate agent, who's very well versed and experienced, said she'd never had one go that long. One, because of the market here, mm-hmm. especially in the summer, the fall, it was really bad. So it took us a while to sell our house in Midtown. But uh, we are delighted to be there. It's a lot of work, though. I'm very, I'm like you. I'm very, I would, I guess, for lack of a better term, fastidious, tidy, mm-hmm. almost bordering on OCD. Like, I like my shit where I like my shit, and mm-hmm. I want it mm-hmm. to be there and in order. And uh, so I'll, we're living out of boxes as, you know, we're painting the room and having plumbing and electrical work done. It's a it's a great old house from 1927. Wow. Good news is we got a great deal on it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I won't say the downside, but the flip side of that is it needs a lot of work. So we're uh-huh. it's a long-term project. I didn't think it, uh, my age and my late 50s, I'd be tackling this. Okay. So one thing is for sure, Pete, uh, through this experience, I've come to the realization I never want to move again. Oh, ever. absolutely. It is the worst. Right, right. When, when, I, when I bought this house, I pretty much said, this is going to be the last Memphis house that I own. I don't, I don't want to move because, yeah, and you come across stuff that at one point you really treasured, and the only time you see it is when you move somewhere else. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And it was a great opportunity for us to throw a lot of stuff out. Of course, mm-hmm. we didn't do that. We boxed it up and just had the movers throw it somewhere. So we, it's, the, it's the gift that keeps on giving. You know, the, the thing that really made an impression on me so it was four years ago, Valentine's Day, that my mom passed away. And, of course, that house in which she lived until she died, it was the only house, once she got married, it's the only house she ever lived in. It's the only home my sister and I ever knew. And so we had to go back, and we had to clean that out. Oh, that's tough. And my mom was not a pack rat, but... I did find a report, I think I wrote in sixth grade, about black holes and, <laughs> and, and various. And I think like every birthday card I got when I, you know, when I was like three years old, which she saved. And my mom always teased me. She said, someday you're going to have a museum. And I pretty much could have had a museum. And, and so now I'm not married. I don't have children. I only have my sister. And I think of that experience of going through my mom's house or our house 
and having to throw all that stuff away. The good news and is, I, and I don't want I don't want my sister to have. If, I was going to say we I, don't have kids, so we don't have to worry about who goes through that, right? I mean, right. We don't have we don't have to give it to anybody. But what, what I want to do is I don't, or what I don't want to do is I don't want to I don't want my sister to be left if I pass before her. I don't want her to be left with my collection of, you know press credentials from 30 years ago <laughs> but 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 again i mean yeah I, I i i am i am right there with you i am right there with you. well do you remember the george carlin monologue stuff it's so good mm-hmm. this is a bonus recommendation i know we're not at that part in the episode yet but george carlin his monologue on stuff basically a house is where we put our stuff yeah and we have to get bigger houses for more stuff and it's just on and on and on and on. It's ridiculous. I, I I think on a weekly basis when I roll the garbage and then the recycling cans to the curb, how much we consume, mm-hmm. Holly and I, for two people. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you saw the size of this house. Why? I, I Not that I had a vote on it. I mean, I love the house, but it's like... Jeez. So wait, wait, So we're going to fill it, this house up with more shit. So is it Holly, we don't Holly, was it Holly's choice for this house? Holly is, in, in case you haven't figured out, she's the alpha in the relationship. I'm the beta. I can admit that. Okay. I'm not a beta by nature. You wouldn't say that. No, no, not but, at all. But compared to her, but five-time she, Iron Man, lawyer, businesswoman. Right. right. Uh, t- yeah. Top of everything. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Happy birthday to her, by the way. Yeah, leap I know. Year. Happy, leap, happy leap year birthday to her and also to our good friend Sandy Adams. Yes. And it, it's funny. I, I text. I think one's thirteen, one's fourteen, if I'm not mistaken. That 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 may that well makes be, me never mind. Never yeah. mind. But what's funny about that is now when you text somebody that it's their birthday, the iPhone says, "Do you want to add the oh, yeah. birthday to their contact?" Depends on what kind of mood you're in with that friend on that particular day, right? Well, but but how about this? The iPhone suggested March first. Interesting. It did not say. February 29th. And I texted her back and I said, you'll be delighted to know that the iPhone, and she says, yep, story of my life. I told this story on the broadcast last night as we get into more leap year detail. Um, I had a friend of mine. I don't know if he really did it on purpose or if he was just telling the story. He got married on February 29th, so he only had to remember his anniversary once every four yeah. years. Good luck with that, buddy. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, don't, I don't believe that's happening. Who? I don't know the guy, but there's no way. No, no. We always celebrated Holly's on February 28th. I don't know why, but, uh, you know. Could so be, It could be a two-day celebration. You're not in town this weekend, are you? You're uh, Flying to New York on Sunday. Gotcha. Games Friday, Saturday, fly to New York Sunday, play Brooklyn on Monday, travel day Tuesday, Philadelphia on Wednesday, come back home. Trying to throw a birthday party uh, last minute, procrastinating while she's out of town for work. So, mm-hmm. so, so, and and now we were good travel stories. You got to have travel stories, right? Yeah, moving stories. You got travel stories. Moving stories. So we were supposed to be out of our house on the fifteenth. We mm-hmm. had until five p.m. But, and I'll use this term loosely, the gentleman who moved in, hopefully he's not listening. He's already <laughs> sent me one nasty note. <laughs> Very classy guy. Um, started moving his stuff in at noon. So there was a little bit of a, I don't know, confrontation might be harsh, a little bit of a discussion, <laughs> heated emotional discussion. Uh, it was not good. Does this guy not own a watch? 
I don't, I don't know what he or he's, can't read a contract. I don't know. He's just you know, I don't want to set him off anymore. I okay. Don't, I don't think he's okay. The, so, uh, there you go. Okay. Have you ever done that? Of all the times that you've moved, no, I've I've never I've never had anything like that. Any anybody from whom I've purchased property, the I mean they they were cleared out in advance and never had anything like that. I mean I I, I yeah that is odd. It's like okay we have we have prop we have um, we have ownership of the house until five o'clock and somebody starts moving in stuff at noon. It's like well, didn't have ownership but had verbal permission an agreement his realtor said yes mm -hmm. you can till five right and then, you know mm -hmm. so there you go okay probably not as good as your i didn't feel sorry for you i'm gonna be honest you sent me that text this morning about your travel mishap you're still flying on these fancy private charter jets with millionaires and you're like see <laughs> except, this can go except, wrong except too i'm not a millionaire so you know <laughs> All right. Well, I can t I can talk about my travel miseries, or you can talk about yours. I uh, let's hear it. Okay. We'll, we'll get we'll get people to weigh in and see how bad this well, is. Well, I well I've I've got a couple of stories, and and last night was was relatively minor. So for those of you who don't know, the NBA most NBA teams travel via Delta Charter. Delta Delta has a fleet of I don't know thirteen or fourteen seven fifty seven two hundreds that they have reconfigured in what they call their VIP configuration. So there are four cabins. The first three are for players, coaches, and some staff. And, you know, they've got the big club chairs and they, you know, seats face forward and backwards and, and all that. And then in the back, I think there are like 16 rows or 17 rows of four abreast first class seating where the riffraff like me sit. Throw, throw you in the back. They throw, they throw us in the back. But, I mean, like I said, it's a, it's, they're four abreast and normally a, a 757 would go. Uh, you know, three and three. So there are no middle seats in this plane at all, which is, which is very cool. But there are only 13 of these. And every once in a while, these planes were built, you know, 20, 25 years ago. They, they do break down. And periodically, we'll get a note from our travel manager saying, our VIP plane is not available. We're going to fly on a regular 757. The, the horror. The horror, yeah. And, but at least you get a road to yourself in any event. So we lose in Minnesota. We go to the airport and we get the text. The VIP plane's not going to be ready to go. We'll be flying in a regular plane tonight. Fine, whatever. I, you know, it's, I'm going to fall asleep anyway. It's 1030 at night. So we get to the airport and then we get another text. Um, the replacement plane has a cracked windshield. It will take two hours to fix. Whew. It's now 1045 at night, and we're just like, you got to be kidding me. And you can hear some of the players in the back of the bus saying, well, should we go back to the hotel? You know, what do, what do we do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Long story short, after much consternation and much repair by maintenance, they did certify the VIP plane would be okay to fly. But by the time we got, we boarded the plane, and because there was confusion which plane we were taking, the catering had gone to both planes. The, uh, you know, al alternatively, the flight attendants had gone to different planes alternatively. Well, now we had to get everybody back, get the catering back, uh, get the baggage truck to load the plane we were going to go on because we weren't sure which one we were going on. So by the time we left Minneapolis, it was, it was after midnight. So it was about 2.30 by the time I turned the lights out Whew. and went to bed this morning. So... You know, that, that, that's kind of part of it. Now, I do have another travel story. Uh, I went to uh, wine country, went to San Francisco, stayed in Sausalito. Like the pictures. During All-Star break. Thank you very much. Uh, Pedicure was good. 
Yeah, I, saw. I had a pedicure. That that was very cool. Great. If if you and Holly ever go to San Francisco, uh, Cavallo Point Lodge. It's the old Fort Baker military installation on the north side of the bridge, and. You go and and what they've done is they've taken the outbuildings and they've made them into into lodges, like maybe four four units per lodge. And when you go to the main house, they've got this nice porch with rocking chairs. And in the morning, you get coffee and pastries. And you look and there's the Golden Gate Bridge. It's kind of like a presidio looking thing. It, yeah, of? yeah, very very okay. much so. Yeah, but uh, on the north side, the real yeah. the, the the real presidio is on mm-hmm. is on the south side in San Francisco. Amazing property. A couple of really, really good restaurants. Literally, you can walk to the Golden Gate Bridge from the lodge. It's about a mile, mile and a quarter maybe. And then walk the Golden Gate Bridge, which I find to be to be great fun. Wonderful time. Went up to Sonoma, discovered a, a new winery, Benzinger, that everything is very ecologically friendly. They don't use artificial fertilizers. Hmm. They have... Um, a large flock of sheep that eat the grass and then fertilize the vines. <laughs> do, do. Sounds a little woke. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you were in San Francisco. It makes sense. Well, yeah, we're in Sonoma. Well, what's cool about it is that if you have somebody that is allergic to sulfites and gets a headache from red wines mm-hmm. because they're allowed to sulfites, there are no sulfites in their red wines. So it's and and their, and their wines are really really good and shout out to a former Grizzlies president Andy Dolich for the recommendation and the people there took wonderful care of us so that was um, so that was fantastic so in any event great trip trip is over uh, flying from San Francisco through Detroit to Memphis late on uh, Wednesday uh, of last week and the inbound plane to San Francisco was late. And it was going to result in a very, very tight connection in Detroit to make the last flight out of Detroit to Memphis that night. And, of course, you know, you get the alert on the phone and it says you may want to look at alternative flights. So there was and one of the alternative flights was to go LAX to Memphis, you know, San Francisco, LAX, Memphis. So I go to the LAX LAX flight, which is about to board. And it's like, look, is, is this doable? As soon as I go and I start querying the agent on this, the agent at my original flight says, we will protect your connections. Yeah. Famous last words, right? Thank you. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I've heard heard similar phrases. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, she's going like, well, no, he's going to protect your connections. Go go on your original flight. (sighs) Well, of course, of course, I misconnect in Detroit. Now, I don't know and didn't know. Still don't know what the reason for the delay coming out of because that plane originated in Minneapolis because coming to San Francisco, then to Detroit. If the way that it used to be, I believe, is that if it was weather and not the airline's fault, you were SOL. Mm -hmm. Uh, Apparently, this must have been mechanical because as soon as the wheels hit the ground in Detroit and I missed my connection, I got a text from Delta with a um, choice of hotel that you, you could pick like one of like six two-star hotels. Uh, two-star. Two yeah. They, Way beneath <laughs> your NBA standards. Not, 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 <laughs> we're, not, it's we're, not the Ritz. No, it's, it's, it was definitely not the Ritz. There, there is no Ritz out at no Detroit Metro seasons. Airport. No, no, absolutely not. So you got to pick that. So there was a $15 meal voucher, which in airline funds means, you know, a bag of peanuts. Um, then you, but what they also did, I thought it was very nice. They got a, um, a certificate for a ride on with Lyft 
oh, wow. to the hotel and then back to the airport the next morning. Okay, cool, fine. So I get off the plane. I go directly to a Delta service desk. They say, we got you rebooked. This is the flight. It's going to leave at 10.15 tomorrow morning. Your bag is going to transfer. You're good. You just And they give you the document that will get you through security, and then you get your seat assignment at the gate. Perfect, fine. Find like the only open restaurant at, at DTW and, and get a burger. There's no rush to get to the hotel. I mean, I, you know, and I was, I was starving. So I do that, and then I go and I try to order the lift. Well, it pops back and says, well, this won't work because the hotel you have chosen has a free shuttle from the airport. Oh, man. Okay. All right, fine. So I go and I call the, uh, I call the hotel and ring the front desk. Front desk doesn't answer. About six or seven times I call the front desk and nobody answers. And I'm like, okay, how am I supposed to get to this hotel? Because I can't call their shuttle. It doesn't just run unless you request it. So I walk over to a, to a cab driver and he says, buddy, it's a mile down the road and my minimum is 30 bucks. I'm like, okay, I'm not paying 30 bucks to go a mile down the road. I go back, I call the front desk again, again, and again. Do not get an answer. All right. So finally I said, the heck with it. I just, I just called an Uber. So for 20 bucks, I ended up going the one mile to the hotel. Well, when I get to the hotel, I find out why nobody's been answering the front no desk. No one was at the desk. No. There were so many flights and so many misconnections mm. that there was, and of course, and this is this can file under grievance, there was only one guy working the front desk. There was only one guy, I think, in I've, the entire hotel. I had that happen in Houston a few months ago. Same type thing. Yeah. No rooms. They gave me a partially clean room. Yeah. I didn't care at that point. Yeah, yeah. At least, at least here, I got the room. But there was um, a woman who I think was like from... French Guiana or, or something, and she was trying to fly back there through Detroit, did not speak any English. Oh, man. And I had seen her at the service desk, coincidentally, when I was checking my flight out, and they were like trying to route her from Atlanta to Paris to, to wherever to, to get her back home, and uh, was in a wheelchair, did not speak English, and so that, that was pretty difficult. So who do I see when I get to the front desk is this lady, and she is trying to plead with the guy at the front desk that she needs food. Well, this hotel does not have a restaurant. And because she doesn't speak English, she has somebody on the phone who is translating between oh, wow. her and the front desk. This is why the guy did not pick up the phone. Yeah. And thankfully, I got there. I showed him the voucher. He threw a key at me. I went to my room. And then like a line of 10 people came in behind me. And, and so I don't know. You, when the, you didn't feed the lady. I thought you were going to... Be some knight in shining armor here. Like I didn't. I didn't ordered her some Uber Eats or something. I, I, Look at you, man. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I don't. Speak, <laughs> Poor lady's probably still there trying to get a cracker. I don't. And I don't speak French. And I don't know what. I don't know what she would have wanted. I don't think Little Caesars Pizza was was what she was looking for at the moment. So in any. So so then. Okay, fine. I get in the room. I've got, I've got my ticket for the next morning. I'm going to get up early. I'm just going to go. And sit in the Delta Lounge and get a nice hot breakfast, free hot breakfast, I should point out. Which, by the way, airline clubs, they're like the best thing ever. No, they are. They've raised the prices, I believe. I know American has. I don't know about Delta. And it's one of those. I never charge it to work, mm -hmm. right? To school. Right. Um, I'm going to have to start, maybe. Well, see, uh, I, ha I have a credit card that gets me into Delta 
and I've got status on American, so I haven't paid. If I bring a guest, I have I have to pay, which it, it saves it, which money fine. though. Oh, if absolutely. You travel as much as you do, it saves a ton of money. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the Delta Club, the food there is really really good. So. The Atlanta Delta Club, because Holly oh, it's is all, a, oh, it's, all, it's unbelievable. Yeah, 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 it's it's fantastic. So anyway, so I get up and I'm going like, okay, yesterday was a really long travel day, and you know it's Thursday. Got a game coming up tomorrow. I got to prep for the game. Turn on the water in the shower. Hmm, cold. Okay, I'll crank it all the way. I'll give it some time. I'll give it some more time. Yeah, maybe a little bit more time. Hmm, ice cold. Not like lukewarm, like I can stand under this for a minute. It was freezing cold, like ambient temperature water. I tried the sink. Same thing. It's like, okay, this is delightful. So I walked downstairs. I put on, and I didn't didn't have my suitcase with me, so I just put on yesterday's clothes. Walked downstairs. It's the worst. And, it's and, so bad. And I, I said, uh, you know, uh, you know, room, room 340 doesn't have any hot water. He says, yeah, I know. The whole building, nobody has any hot water. We called the guy. I'm like, that's, that's helpful. Yeah, that's that helpful. So I got on the shuttle. I went and, uh, and, and got my. I mean, you're wearing dirty clothes anyway. How much difference would a shower would have made? You know what I mean? It's like. Yeah, but it, it, would, it would have made me feel a little bit better. Could so, have woken you up a little yeah, bit. Maybe, but yeah, yeah. So. So there you go. That that's what that's what's uh, that's what's been going on for the past past week or so. And it takes you about three four days to recover from that, doesn't it? You're so tired from those kind of experiences. The the stress, the not sleeping, something about not cleaning yourself. Mm-hmm. It's you know what I mean. It's uh, it's a little stressful. Yeah, but we're through and over with. All right, how about recommendations? And and like I said, shout out to Delta. They tried to do the right thing. Some things went a little sideways, but it was not. But but I thought overall, I thought they did a good job for dealing with uh, with what they had to deal with. So so for my recommendation, I was thinking about Richard Lewis, the storied comedian, passed away yesterday. God rest his soul. I am a big fan of Richard Lewis, but more so Larry David and mm-hmm. Curb Your Enthusiasm mm-hmm. and. They grew up best friends. They've known each other, or they knew each other, I guess it's past tense now, their whole lives. And sort of the banter between them on that show over the years, it's just hilarious. I highly recommend for anyone in the world who hasn't seen it, Curb Your Enthusiasm on HBO with Larry David. He was the genius behind Seinfeld. Mm -hmm. And to give you an idea of how brilliant he is, I, I believe Curb Your Enthusiasm is funnier and sort of, in a lot of ways, uh, more insightful than Seinfeld. I think Jerry Seinfeld without Larry David, this is a controversial statement, is not as funny. Mm-hmm. Jerry Seinfeld had that, what is it, comedians in cars? Yeah. I didn't think that was funny at all. Mm-hmm. I've seen him in concert at the Orpheum and a few other places over the years. He was okay. Yeah. But I think Larry David was really the brains behind Seinfeld. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, the the ensemble cast. Yeah. I mean, that's true. It goes all the way back to like the Honeymooners or I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. If you can have that kind of ensemble cast, yeah. you're going to have a strong show. Right, right. It's more than just a stand-up comedian and yeah. some some bit players that really don't add yeah. anything. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a couple things. One one very concrete and one kind of existential. Um, you you heard of Jay Shetty? Yeah, I, I like him a lot. Okay. He's sort of like a modern day monk, for lack of a better way to say yeah, it. Yeah, he has he has a very very good podcast called On Purpose and. He it, many times he interviews celebrities and he talked to James Corden, of course, who had the late night TV show and talked to him about 
leaving that show when CBS was, no, we want you to stay. And I didn't know James Corden, don't know James Corden, cannot claim to be a fan of James Corden. It is, it is a remarkable conversation just talking about, you know, and when you're in the public eye, as I am, sometimes you get what's called imposter syndrome. Like, do I really belong here? No, I, I have that with my new neighborhood, this new house. Mm -hmm. Serious. I drove up. I'm like, what in the hell am I doing in this yeah. neighborhood? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it's it's the talking heads. How did I get here? Yeah, yeah. Behind the wheel of a large yeah. automobile. Yeah. And, and, he, and he talks about that. And he says, you have to understand what a crazy life it is to drive to the CBS lot. And just by the guardhouse, there's this giant picture of you. And you go into your studio and you meet and they're, they're all your writers and people working on your show. And you walk down this hall and it's nothing but pictures of you and people you have interviewed throughout the years. And you've got your own green room and you've got your own makeup person. You've got people writing jokes for you. And at some point you go like, what? what? You know, and and just trying to remain grounded yeah. when you have all that kind of thrown at you because you are famous, because you are um a celebrity, and he, he talked about that, and he talked about being grounded, and he talked about, look, it's time for me to move on to the next chapter. It's time for me to spend more time with my family. He said, yeah, I could have gone on, and they would have thrown a ton of money at me, and he said, you know, I'm not independently wealthy as, as much as you might think. Um, certainly could have used the money, but, and so he just talks about taking leave of that. He's really funny. So I was talking about Seinfeld on mm -hmm. that Comedians in Cars or whatever. Mm -hmm. He's got a version of that where, similar to that, he drives around with people and mm -hmm. interviews them. Have you seen it? Yeah. It might be pre-CBS. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's One in particular similar, is with George Michael. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. Wasn't he like accused of some boorish behavior recently? Or yeah, he he did was. He get into yeah, that? He, he was. He was. He didn't. He didn't really. Didn't really talk about that. And Jay Shetty wasn't wasn't going to take the interview in that direction. Not, I, not that I care necessarily. I mean, yeah. he's funny and he's talented. Yeah, and, but it, it it really really is a good podcast. The other thing too, and I probably have mentioned this before, but you know, I don't know which episode it was, but this is episode twenty two. So I'm gonna I'm gonna claim ignorance and sleep deprivation. I think one of the best things that you can do on a daily basis when you are dealing with somebody in the service profession or really with anybody at all, uh, so many times you, you go to a restaurant and the server comes up and says, how are you today? I always make a point of saying, I'm fine. How are you? Yeah. And you, will, you cannot believe how many times somebody will say, thank you for asking. Yeah. I, I had a friend who was traveling through the South and they went to, you know, this little out-of-the-way diner. And the waitress walks up and says, how are you today? And my friend says to her, I'm fine. How are you today? And the woman literally broke down in tears. She said, I've been on my feet eight hours slinging hash. Nobody has asked me how I am oh. doing. And I just think that it's, it's like the simplest bit These of These little things? Yeah. So Sharon Salzberg, the famous meditation teacher, mm -hmm. I think you know who she is, mm -hmm. uh, She's big into uh, loving kindness. She has this great saying, and for some reason, it, it's always stuck with me. People aren't furniture. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. Talk to them. Validate them. Well, and, and I, I, a very dear friend of mine, we've had this conversation. Kindness is so much easier than anger and bitterness. 
anger and bitterness take a lot of energy. Yeah, yeah. Kindness is is really, really, really simple, and it does not cost you anything out of your day just to ask somebody, "How are you doing?" And you know, maybe they'll unload on you that they've had a really crap day, and you know, they want to talk about it. That's fine. That includes self-kindness, which is really important. You can't be nice to other people if you lack self-compassion. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Yeah. So a, a, a lot of times it's just a projection. When someone isn't nice to someone else, mm-hmm. it's really their internal feelings about themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So there you go. Those are the recommendations. Now we pivot 180 degrees. <laughs> we go from kindness to kindness, bitterness. To kindness to bitterness to grievances. Uh, it, Speaking of Seinfeld, it's the airing of the grievances. Larry David. I got a lot of problems with you people. (laughs) So I don't know why this story just kind of stuck in my craw. I think it came out yesterday. People are just all in an uproar about Wendy's and this surge pricing. Right. Mm -hmm. First of all, it's junk food. It's terrible for you. Right. And if for those that eat a lot of junk food, this is not a judgment thing. I'm not perfect. You can look at me and tell. It's, it's, I like it's an sci- occasional Topps burger, as you know. Right, right. But scientifically, it's not good for you. It's not good for you. You know, cigarettes are taxed highly. Mm-hmm. So junk food went up in price. Because of Wendy's greed, it wasn't something about because of the rise of health care from it. But still, whatever. I, I, okay, don't eat it. You shouldn't eat that crap anyway. So the price went up. Okay, it's fine. My health care is going up because you choose to eat that Wendy's every day. How about that? <laughs> man, that That's was, my, I mean, man, that, man, that, that was delivered with a bit can, of venom. <laughs> can, that, can, that, can that be argued, though, at all? I said not to be judgmental. I guess it is. But, you know, well, it, I don't care if you want to eat a, bacon, a double Baconator every day for lunch. But why are you driving up my insurance rates? Yeah, <laughs> as you're drinking the 82-ounce Big Gulp with sugar diabetes in a in a cup as we sit here drinking beer that's different <laughs> benjamin franklin drank beer my friend i know and beer beer is what it was that quote beer is god's proof that he wants us to be happy thank you cheers <laughs> cheers Toast to that so am i wrong on this talk me off this pete i'm i'm flexible enough in my thinking that if i'm wrong i'll admit it i think the whole thing with surge pricing does it does smack of gouging the american public but isn't it, that the downside of capitalism? Not to cut you off because you're disagreeing with me, but... Is it, it, what is the downside of capitalism? Because what happened coming out of the pandemic? Uh, companies started making obscene profits because they raised raised uh, raised rates when they really didn't need to. That's and, true. And so, yeah, so you're right. It is, it is the downside of capitalism. I'll you, still take capitalism over any other form true. of... Uh, Economy, true, but you know it, it's funny that they contemplated this because you do see dy- what they call dynamic pricing in the sports world. If you go to Notre Dame Toledo football game, the ticket's going to be eighty five dollars. If you go to Notre Dame USC, oh, without it's a doubt, it's going to be one hundred and fifty. And I'll throw an extra caveat on that too. The hotel in South Bend is going to be more for, oh, yeah. for the second game that you yeah, named. Yeah, I mean, dyna- the first yeah, dynamic yeah. pricing has, has been yeah. going on forever. It's just been now, well, it's been called supply and demand, yeah. you know, more than anything else. But but people but, are mad about that. We have a guy running for president who I just can't even describe all of his misdeeds and transgressions and criminal activities and people are more concerned about the friggin' Baconator price being surged, you know. 
Well, that that's because his behavior has been normalized. But that that that's a whole other thing, which 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 leads me to one of my grievances, which is the mainstream media has simply tried to make everything a level playing field where the greater concern now is over Joe Biden's age. Yeah, and that's crazy, isn't it? You know, when, when, when Kristen Welker on Meet the Press says to Gavin Newsom, isn't it irresponsible of the Democratic Party to have Joe Biden run for president? Compared to what, though? <laughs> right? Exactly, I mean, like, yeah. It's just, I would have Voldemort run against Trump and vote for him. <laughs> It it is really the fault of of the Democratic Party that they've not groomed other people to, you know, to to be a viable. Can't, candidate. can't use the word groomed anymore either. That's it's well. What 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 do you do with your hair? Oh, I guess you comb it or you brush it. You don't you don't groom yourself. Cats don't groom themselves. What do the cats do then? Uh, lick themselves. Well, whatever. <laughs> you know why? Because they can. <laughs> because 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 they can. Oh my word! Good episode soon to soon to run off the rails. Um, no the the other thing. When it comes to grievances, uh, I just get so sick and tired of groups that have solicited me a million times for the same damn thing. Are you getting a lot of robo-text, like spam text for candidates? Oh, absolutely. I'm getting them from both parties, and I've never signed up for either. Right, right, yeah. It's like, we can't believe we haven't heard back from you. We've sent you not. I'm like, stop and whatever. Yeah, and it, it, that doesn't really no. work. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like today I got a text saying, Brian has an appointment at University Health Services or, or whatever. And it's, you know, and it's like, so, and it came through as a text. So I texted back, said, there's no one here by that name. I just killed Brian. So then, Brian sucks. So I mean, then, so like, then, so then really? they start calling me and they're like, he, this is not his number. My dad had a friend. Uh, this is hard to believe, an older kind of sick guy, sick in the head. Uh, people would call before caller ID and all that kind of stuff. He would be the wrong number. Can I speak to Bob? He would say, I'm sorry, Bob passed away. That's terrible, isn't it? You know, it's, you know, it's even worse. Robin Williams did a bit and he said, if you're being bothered um, by telemarketers, get your elderly parent or grandparent who has Alzheimer's and put them on the line. And then all of a sudden they're not going to be calling your house anymore. That's hilarious. Um, I've also heard people say like when telemarketers would call and it'd be like a live telemarketer that you just pick it up. It's like, Hey, no, I'm sorry. I'm busy right now, but when can I call you back? Yeah. Give me your home number. Yeah. Give me your I'll home call number you and I'll call hours. you. And it, yeah. yeah. Um, where was I going to go with, with what, what else is, what else is, is making me, making me angry and antsy. So what do you, what do you feel this election? It's, I don't want to use the word, the terminology, the lesser of two evils, because really, I don't think Biden is necessarily evil. But like, are those two candidates really the best that we can do in this country? No, no, they're not. They're not. But the problem is, and, and, and well, I'll throw this under the rubric of grievances, but I think what's happened is that the scrutiny that is applied to people who run for public office is so intense that... No one in their right mind really wants to run for office. So we're not attracting the best and brightest to be public servants. And as a result, we have, I think, a decline in representative government. Okay, we have a crisis at the southern border. I think every American or the vast majority of Americans want it solved. Yet the Republican Party is like, nah, no, we're going to go on vacation for two weeks. Wait a second. 
you are more loyal to your party than you are to the people who put you in that seat. Oh, without a doubt. This is not my father's Republican Party at all. And and I think I think the same is true really of, of both parties. I mean, it you know we're we're mentioning the Republican Party because of the border situation, and then try, tying it to uh, support support for Ukraine, which I think is incredibly vital. Because if if Putin takes Ukraine, he's going for Poland next, Oof. and he's going for NATO. So you know, don't don't even get me started on on that whole thing. So I think both parties, unfortunately, for whatever reason. They, they placate to the fringes of their party, the extremes. There's no common sense sort of centrist demographic anymore for either party. No. I would want to think that the average American, for lack of a better term, probably is in the middle and centrist. Oh, I, I would, I would, for I would whatever tend to reason, think so, yeah. I guess it doesn't play well in the media. No. No, it doesn't play well in the media. Uh the media thrives on clicks. The media thrives on sensationalism. The media thrives on craziness. I mean, look, why did Donald Trump get so much media coverage? Because he was so far, quote unquote, out there, however you want to define that. You couldn't not look at him because he's riding down a gilded escalator, because he's saying these crazy things. And now he gives a speech and, you know, you hear the clips and like, Okay, none of this makes any sense. He doesn't remember the name of his wife. He says that Pennsylvania is going to be wiped off the map, or they're going to change the name of Pennsylvania. I mean, stuff is like, oh, you know, this is okay. This is this is mind-boggling stuff. It's become normalized now. Yeah, and so as a result, you know, the the shock value is gone. I've always I've, I felt this look when I lived in Portland. Oregon was very very polarized. You were either super liberal and hugging salmon in the stream mm-hmm. or you were so far to the right so you had the you had like the preppers far to the right the guys like the unabomber types that live in cabins with their weapons and yeah they want to be sovereign citizens yeah they, as they opposed were, to the hipsters in downtown portland who were woke yeah for right yeah yeah and, I, and i'm just like can't we? And so nothing ever got done politically, and I, and I think that type of gridlock is is where we are now because we don't have constructive. I want to say constructive criticism. We don't have constructive dialogue on what needs to be done. I mean, it used to be that if we had a problem in this country, the Senate, heretofore known as the world's greatest deliberative body, which absolutely is an utter crock of you know what at the moment. Um, they figure it out. What's best for the country? Now it's not what's best for the country. No, it, it's what's best for my party. And so what's ironic is that we want people to get out and vote. People will get out and vote, but what their wishes are for their elected representatives are not being enacted. Because if, if it were, we would have a border deal. We mm-hmm. would be supporting Ukraine because I think the vast majority of Americans definitely don't want Vladimir Putin on the loose. And they certainly want things handled at the, at the southern border. I think supporting Israel as well. That And that that, that that's a whole other issue as well. Um, so, yeah. I just, you, you've got the Republicans don't want to support Ukraine and the Democrats don't want to support Israel. But both of those are sort of somewhat essential to our well-being as Americans. Yeah. And the, the whole isolationist thing doesn't work. See, no. See, see the United States early 20th century yeah. and a couple of world wars later. Yeah. 
I agree. It's scary. I don't know who could vote for Trump at this point. I really don't. It's scary. And I don't want to scare off one of our four listeners, but um, it's mind-blowing. The stuff, the not that Biden is much better, but I'm going to vote for Biden. Yeah, I think I think the guy, and I, I kind of wish that the Democrats would run him, but Pete Buttigieg. I think he'd be great. I, I think he'd be a fantastic president. You're biased, obviously, because Notre Dame guy, right? He was uh, the mayor, I mean, of, South mayor Bend, of South Bend. But, but I mean, you, you think about a guy who actually has some thought and some chutzpah. Military experience. And some, some gravitas to him and is well-spoken and is willing to look at issues from all angles. That, that's the problem is that right now our politicians, they don't want to look at the issue from all angles. They just want to say, okay, what does Mitch McConnell want me to do? What does Donald Trump want me to do? Uh, you know, and, I just said I'm going to vote for Biden, but I would vote for a normal centrist Republican if yeah. one existed, like a John Kasich or a, if John McCain were still alive yeah. or Romney would run. Yeah. I, I don't care what party. I consider myself an independent. Just It's too bad there's not a, a third party that's mainstream in the middle. Right, right. I, I, I would vote for somebody in the middle. If there were a good middle option, there is no middle option. I don't have to do, agree with all of the issues. No. I don't. No. But yeah, you just, you just want... I've always felt I'm not a registered Republican. I'm not a registered Democrat. I just want to vote for the very best person on the ballot. Mm. And the very best person on the ballot is the one that's going to reflect my beliefs, my viewpoints. And then I would hope that they would reflect that when, when they cast their votes in, in whatever body of government they participate. Do you think our nation as a whole has reached our tipping point in terms of how stupid we can become? And is there any coming back from that? You look at how stupid and violent we've become. I've always held the strong contention that it's the internet that's really dummied us down. You give emotionally vulnerable or not very intelligent people a little bit of content online and they think it's true. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all, but is, is Putin behind this or the Chinese with TikTok behind this? Doesn't do us any good, but no. it does those countries good if we're not stable. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you're right. Yeah, the Internet has has dumbed us down. It has done wonderful things for us, but it has also created tremendous problems for us because there's stuff that's put out there that that simply isn't true. And it's meant to divide us. It's meant to polarize us. And whether whoever's generating it is certainly not doing it. Um, I mean, there was a mass shooting the day after the Super Bowl in Kansas City. Yeah. I mean, who didn't see that coming? Yeah. Although apparently that was just like a beef between a couple of groups. And, and, but again, why, why are we bringing semi-automatic weapons to a, a Super Bowl party? Yep. <sighs> so on a happier All note. All this is getting exhausting. On a happier <laughs> note, Arsenal's playing very well. Arsenal's playing very well. They're in good form. Well. Yes, very, they're know. in third, but they're in striking distance. Uh, the good news is, well, I don't know if it's good news. I don't want to wish this on anyone. Liverpool, who's in first, mm -hmm. has a lot of injuries. Don't talk to me about injuries. I know. <laughs> I didn't want to bring that up. Um, but they look good. And speaking of soccer, I just had a session before I got here, my f second session with the University of Memphis men's soccer team. Mm -hmm. So shout out to those guys. Okay. Yeah. They they played Memphis 901 FC. Game uh, a good match. Game, game, game a pretty good match. Almost had an equalizer at the death, but uh, 901 FC won that match 2-1. to one. By the way, I just... I just want to be upfront with you so you don't think I'm cheating on you, but 
I do have a podcast. See, I see that. The, the it breaks my heart. I feel like you're cheating on me. We haven't brought this up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you're cheating on me. Multi- we haven't recorded in a month, and you're you're cheating on me with another woman called Memphis 901 FC. <laughs> but I, I do have I do have a podcast up, uh, the official Memphis 901 FC podcast, Caleb Patterson Sewell. Uh, that, <clears throat> excuse me, actually dropped today. And uh, next week, a conversation with manager Stephen Glass. That's going to drop, and we're going to be doing that podcast throughout the course of the season. Season opener is March Ninth. More on that in a bit, but uh, March 9th, That's right around the corner. It's very. Much I've heard a, they have a really good team. Yeah, they, they've they've done it. We'll listen to the podcast. I mean, you're going to force me to <laughs> to look at the other woman in the eyes. <laughs> listen to her. Well, I, right. I I need I need ratings. I need ratings. Uh, um, okay. Is that going to dilute our ratings? No, I don't think so. I mean, this is entirely different than <laughs> this is this is definitely not football centric. Okay. Um, all right, uh, we we need a mindful moment. We've we've really uh, we've really vented our spleens there in that last segment. So, so it's funny we were talking about uh, in the Memphis soccer session and also with my Memphis basketball players and a couple other teams. Sort of one of my themes in the last few weeks has been uh, about how we can't control our worry, and a lot of times when we try to control or stop worrying, it only makes it stronger. So it's a little experiment I often tell the players or the corporate types or the students that I'm working with, let's do this. Try not to think about something. You're going to think about it more. Sure. So our worries never go away. So there's this little rhyme. We've talked about it before on here, but I think it bears repeating. If you can name it, you can tame it. Mm -hmm. So just by saying what's bothering you or what's on your mind, I'm worried, I'm anxious, I'm nervous, I'm mad, whatever it is, leaning into it that way and putting a label on it, it's going to dissipate or it's going to at least sort of loosen its grip on us. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about how worrying is almost just like a frog jumping from lily pad to lily pad to lily pad. We always have this sort of destination attachment. Whenever I get this or do this, then I'll be on easy street and I'm not going to worry anymore. So as you know, for eight months, seven months, whatever that was, I was really worried about selling my house. It Mm -hmm. took forever. Mm -hmm. In the end all be all in my mind was, okay, when I sell my house and get into that new house, all my worries are going to be gone. So no, (laughs) no, no. So now it's no. (laughs) So now it's like, shit, I'm living out of boxes for a few months as we're renovating, doing this major renovation on this new house. How am I going to afford this new house? <laughs> what am I going to, this hot water is not working in this sink. We've got to have the electrician. It's always something. And the truth of the matter is, Pete, whenever I get all that fixed, there's going to be something else to worry mm-hmm. about. So that's just kind of, just, just knowing that, mm-hmm. I think it kind of puts you ahead of the curve a little bit. Almost thinking that my worries are going to go away when X is fixed or solved or happens. That's almost like cultivating a perfectionist mindset instead of having um, a growth mindset where, you know what, I can handle whatever when it comes up and we'll deal with stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of my mindful moment. Just, Just know that worrying is a part of being human. It does serve a purpose. It helps protect us. And in certain extent, right? But we're never going to get rid of it. Um, I'm not saying we should be attached to our worry. 
but just kind of go with it and know that that's just called life. Mm -hmm. Things that come up that aren't pleasant that we have to deal with, that's that's life. Yeah. It, it's funny you bring that up because what I wanted to share, are you familiar with Sam Harris mm -hmm. and the waking up? Yeah, he's great. Yeah. I've Sam turned on some people to his app. Yeah, which... <laughs> It, which comes with a hefty price tag. It but, does, but but it's worth. He hooks it. you. You get about ten yeah. free, and then yeah, and yeah. then then and then they then they hit you. But uh, Sam Harris was having a conversation today, and he was speaking specifically about anxiety, and he's and he it, it's kind of the name it and tame it thing. If you are feeling anxious, and he bends it around the concept of mindfulness. If you meditate and you are practiced in mindfulness, mindfulness will allow you to say. I'm feeling anxious, period. I'm not going to jump forward. I'm not going to play frog or I'm not going to be that frog jumping from lily pad to lily pad. I'm just going to say, I understand that I am anxious. He said, when you think about it, when you really break it down, anxiety is an experience every bit as much as indigestion. Okay, you have indigestion. You just go like, I have indigestion. Mm -hmm. That's it. Maybe take some Pepto-Bismol, but... His point was, if you, and he was dealing specifically with anxiety in this example, if you are feeling anxiety, know that you are feeling anxiety and just go like, okay, I'm feeling anxious. And you know where you are, you can put a name on it. And then realizing that you're anxious or you are feeling anxiety, that you then not jump, you know, five steps down the road. It distance, it puts a little space between you and the feeling. It does. And I love the way that you said it. We've talked about this before in past episodes. You said, I'm feeling anxious. Right. I'm not anxious. It's like the Irish say, instead of instead of saying I'm sad, sadness is upon me right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. It puts a little space between you and the emotion or you and the feeling. And and you don't identify yourself as the feeling. Right. Because you aren't you are not your right. feelings. And I, I think that's a that's a really important thing for for people to remember. So Cool. So I'm on Sam Harris's level. That's good. Mm -hmm. so that's wow. Yeah. Yeah. You're on. I mean, the Sam he's Harris a real level. guru. I know you call me guru, but Sam is Sam is he is he's, he's, he's up there. He's way up there. Um, OK, what do we got going on? Uh, let's see what's going on. You wow. got you, you got some you got some more uh, basketball. I do. Team I'm, I'm going to be in one of your favorite places, Bowling Springs. OK. On Sunday and Monday, working with Gardner Webb basketball. Mm hmm. Then my guy Will Wade, by the way, is absolutely crushing. Oh, no, they're kicking in, ass, in yeah. Mid State. I don't know how long he's going to be there. He says he's going to be there another year. We'll see what comes open. He's not going to tell me because he knows I'll start bugging him, trying to rework <laughs> a better contract. If he's at a bigger school. It's been a great fit for him and a great bounce back for him to go there. Um, I'll be. I'm assuming he'll make March Madness. He'll win the conference tournament unless some. I don't want to jinx you, Will, if you're listening. So I'll be there for March Madness. Then a lot of my traveling will slow down a little bit because, thank goodness, basketball will be over. So. And then you can go to work on the house. Oh, man. Are they, yeah. it's never. Do you remember the 80s movie? The, the Money Pit? Yes. I do. I do. I was, I was going to invoke you, it, but I didn't want to be that mean. When you saw the picture, did you think that? Yeah. Like how I, big it is? And, well, I mean, I saw how big it was. I, no, I thought Stately Wayne Manor. I thought, no, this, I thought, this, uh, I thought, I thought it came with a butler. Yeah. That's me. Oh, you are so, you are the butler. So it's yeah, it, it's going to be a long term project. It's going to be a labor of love. I've decided. I can go one of two ways with this. Can you can be, you can be bitter. I can be bitter and really worry about it all the time, or I can just be like take it sort of uh, 
one bite at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One oh, bite at a time. Yeah. I always tell my athletes that, and they look at me like, who wants to eat an elephant? So, like, it's a metaphor, dummy. It's an old man. It's, a, it's <laughs> I would say it's a dad joke, but I'm not a dad. Yeah. So, it's a, so. All right. Well, if you need it, if you need an audio visual guy to install all your stuff, I got a guy. You got a guy? I got a guy. He's fantastic. All right. Uh, I've got a TV. I'm going to put in the arsenal room upstairs. Okay. Well, you need to hang it on a wall. Yes. You want a professional to do it? Can he do outlets too? Oh, he, he oh yeah. He's guy, an electrician or an AV guy? I, I, he's an AV guy, but I think, I think he, well, you might have to work with an electrician, but you need to figure out. Oh yeah. You need, you need Greg to tell you where you want the outlets, but yeah, he, he hung the TV in the, uh, in the living room. He hung the TV in the patio. It's expensive. Uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I know for you, it's no, it's no object. But no, no, no. no. Some no, poor no, schmuck no, like no, me. No, no, don't, 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 put, don't, don't put, don't put me in some high income level. Like, I, like I told an interior designer with whom I no longer work. Uh, I don't play for the Grizzlies. I announce for the Grizzlies. There's a, there's a fairly substantial difference because it's funny. Yeah, I work with these millionaire coaches, but I'm not yeah. at all near. And it's funny how people assume that. Yeah, they they assume like yeah. you make as much money as the players. Like, no, no I don't. <laughs> do, I, do I look like it? Do you see me wearing uh, ice and uh, you know? That's funny. <laughs> but, so yeah, I might hit you up for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, you know, as for me right now, it's just trying to get through the rest of the NBA season. Um, got a trip out east to uh, Brooklyn and Philadelphia after a couple of games this weekend against Portland. You need to scout out that stadium for the Arsenal game this summer. Well, you know, in, in fact, Wells Fargo Arena is right next to Lincoln Financial Field. We drive by it all the That's time. That's where the Eagles play? That's where the Eagles play. It's the new Veterans Stadium? Yeah, basically. Far, far, far cry from it. But, yeah. Veterans so, Stadium had a jail. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah. Under it. It's Philadelphia. I know, they needed it. You know, right? throwing batteries at, 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 uh, at Santa Claus. No. So, yeah, we're going to go to that this summer, an Arsenal game there. I so know. Looking, to, looking forward to that. Yeah, because yeah, Lincoln Financial Field, uh, Citizens and Bank Park for the Phillies, and Wells Fargo Arena, they're all, they all basically share like a giant parking lot. Do you think Philly is sort of a, a Memphis of the North a little bit? How do you Similarities? Uh, just the a whole little the gritty and the just... Good food, not necessarily healthy food. Um, what cheese? Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me cheesesteaks are not healthy? You got to get the cheese with the whiz, though, right? Oh uh, no, you don't do that. No, no, it's, it's serious. Pro, pro, provolone or dude, the whiz. The whiz with the whiz. <laughs> some Philly, with, with, with whiz. Some Philly natives told me it, to do this. It, you go to Geno's or where do you go? Uh, Mike's. You know, the the last couple times we've been in Philadelphia and. God love Taylor Jenkins for doing this. He brings a food truck out to the arena. Oh wow! So we walk out of the arena. And, really good ones. Uh, yeah, they're re- they're really good, and they make them the, exactly the way you want them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you want provolone, you want whiz, you you know, do you want? Um, what did most of the Grizzlies do? Whiz, I'm guessing. Ah, right? uh, I I don't know. I was I wasn't paying attention. I remember <laughs> I when you I had I, your face stuck in the sand. No, I no, I remember I remember years ago when I was at Notre Dame. I I had a number of friends who were from the East Coast. Um, and they were all about, oh, I think it was Frank's Dogs or something. It was a hot dog, hot dog truck. And they insisted that I had to have Cheese Whiz on this hot dog. And you, you talk about Wendy's being unhealthful for Were me. you a hot dog guy? I've never really been. I don't have a problem with them necessarily. I can't tell you the last time I've eaten one, though. Only, only, if, uh, only if there's a baseball game in front of it. 
I think that that's usually it's usually it. I'm more more of a sausage or a bratwurst guy. Yeah, on the grill oh, brat's the, good. You know, I had no idea what brat was until I had a trip to Soldier Field in Chicago uh-huh. to a World Cup game in '94, mm-hmm. and they're like, "You want a dog or a brat?" I'm like, "What's a brat?" And it was so good. Yeah, yeah, they 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 are they are very tasty. Um, so he, <laughs> yeah, so I did have cheese whiz on that and going like, okay, I'm, look, I'm from, from, I'm from Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Cheese whiz is a is a is a chemical yeah, product. Yeah, I'm with you. It's that, not that, even a here. It's, it's not. I'm cheese. going off on the baconator and then uh, <laughs> and then you yeah. want then you want you want whiz. Philly's got really good food though. They they do they do have very good food it, and it it's been it's been a while. But one of the funniest things was. It was a video clip. Giannis Antetokounmpo for the Milwaukee Bucks was in Philadelphia, and they were they were describing. He said, "Well, I had a cheesesteak after the game," and then all the media members in Philadelphia are trying to tell him, uh, "Wit wit whiz," and there's no. It's not W I T H. It's just W I T. Wit whiz. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and in his Greek accent, he's like, "What do you mean wit whiz?" It was it was it was hilarious. I guess you had to be. You're gonna run by the Rocky statue. I did that. I ran up the steps. I was disappointed though. It's down, right? It's, it's the not, bottom it's, of the steps, yeah, right? The, you can't run up the. So I had to. You run by the statue, yeah, up the steps, yeah. into the still yeah, cool the art museum. It is. It is. Yeah, Philly's a good city. We only get there once a year. Hopefully, the weather will be halfway decent. But it'll be on the heels of a trip to. Um, Tell my guy Cameron Payne. I said hello, please. All right, I, I will really do that. Ask him who his favorite teacher was. His favorite middle school principal. Okay. He's going to tell well, you. you were the only middle school He's principal. Gonna, well, I was there. also, I, I had to fire a teacher mid-year and had to step in and teach a class or two, which is rare. Okay. And uh, he loved it. I got to do so that. So someone asked him. He came back years later to visit at Lausanne. I'm standing there. And the upper school principal asked him, he goes, uh, who was your favorite teacher? He goes, Graber. He goes, what'd you learn? Not shit. So... <laughs> I didn't know how to take that, but you know. So. But you were a, you we were go. his favorite. But I'm Let, an NBA player's favorite teacher. There so. you go. So hang hang your head on that. Wow, we have gone almost an hour. See, dear, long dear, one, dear listener, you uh, boy, I ho- I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please rate, please review, uh, because if you rate and review, it really helps us because then more people can find this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. We call it Live a Little. He's Greg Graber. Mindfulness guru and educator on Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies. We've had fun. We've had beer. We hope you had a good time. And uh, and we'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.